This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others, and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Hey everyone, welcome to another fun episode of uh, the Worth Your Time podcast on Instagram Live. I haven't done this in a while, but I'm excited to be back today and chatting with someone I'm really excited to talk to. She's someone I've been following on Instagram for several months now, and she got my attention through Reels, which we're going to talk about, Um, but I'm going to be talking to Kristen Young. Hey, Kristen. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Good. Thank you so much for joining me for the Worth Your Time podcast, Instagram live, uh, you know, version of the podcast. I'm so excited to talk with you today. Um, Let's get started by telling us a little bit about who you are, where you live, what you do, and how you have begun to grow this crazy following on this platform with some of the things you've been talking about. Yeah. Okay. So I am a wife and a mom. We live in Arkansas. Uh, go hogs. Um, a very big Arkansas Razorback fans. Um, so, and we have three kids. They're five, three and 18 months. And then we have one on the way due in December. So we're cooking on number, cooking number four. So, uh, (laughs) so my days are spent raising kids, cleaning the house, um, a lot more fun things than that too, but, uh, giving out lots of snacks, um, play dates, pretty much all things motherhood. I stay with, I stay home with our kids. So, uh, we, that's about it. Our, our oldest is about to start homeschool kindergarten. So my life, my days are going to look a little bit different now. And, um, so we're going to start in a couple of weeks, but yeah, so that's, that's the gist of who I am. Nothing crazy, exciting. Um, we're involved in our local church and we love being a part of it. We, um, I help with the like women's ministry side of it. We call it the sisterhood. So um, we're working on some things launching for this fall. So that's about the gist and the sum of what I do. You said you had a kindergartner for your oldest? Yes, he's about to start. Okay. Mine started kindergarten last week. So I'm oh totally gosh. with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's it so was a exciting. Little weird. He's not homeschooled. So I had to send him off on the bus, but it was definitely yeah. like a moment. <laughs> Yeah. How are you doing? Oh my goodness. I'm good. I'm good. It's yeah. a little weird, but, um, it's good. And then I have a three-year-old. So, um, yeah. so kind of on that same track as you, um, I didn't realize you were in Arkansas, but that makes sense. You've got, you got a little bit of the, the, the Southern. I, I, <laughs> you know, I never realize it until I talk to somebody who's not from Arkansas and they're like, you have an accent. I'm like, I do. It's, I not, have that, it's not like super, uh, noticeable, but just, you know, it's like the perfect amount. The twang. There's a little exactly. bit of twang. I know. Okay. So I, obviously I found you sort of through the reels scroll and, um, you just kept popping up and I was like, well, geez, I, sh- I guess I should just follow her because she keeps popping up. Um, so I, I would love to just talk a little bit about, you know, how you got into doing them and you do a lot of them and you obviously like doing them. So tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about, you know, the genesis of that. Were you doing TikTok before or, did you just kind of get into it and then you were like, Hey, I'm really good at this. 
Yeah. So I had been on Instagram. Well, you know, like whenever Instagram launched, but it was like, you know, you posted a picture of your food that you ate that day or like, you know, it was back when like no, the influencers weren't really a thing. And so, uh, so I've been on Instagram, but really the past couple of years I had actually kind of taken it seriously. And so even before reels, I had started, you know, posting captions like with a purpose to, um, like encourage and challenge people in their faith. And so I were like things that I was learning, things that God was teaching me. So even before reels, I was, um, trying to put out that kind of content and then reels came out and no, I did not have a TikTok. I made a TikTok one night when I was with my best friends and we made one video and then I deleted it. So that's <laughs> the extent of TikTok that I've ever done. So I don't have TikTok. Um, but I saw reels and, you know, I was like, Oh, these are, these are kind of fun. These are funny. I like to be funny. And I had, I had gotten to this point on my Instagram where I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm being serious all the time. Like it's, I love talking about the Lord all the time, but I was like, these people think I'm probably so serious all the time. And that's not true at all. Like I just love to mess around and have fun. So it was a good outlet to have fun and like do things that were funny. Um, but then I was like, Oh, well I can use reels for a purpose too. And I always say that my favorite gospel is Mark because he's to the point and I like reels because they're to the point. And so, um, so it's like, you know, I like to share like a, you know, like a, a punch message. I don't know what you would say, but like a, you know, the gist of the message and then just kind of expound on it in the caption. So I just, I have a lot of fun doing them. I really enjoy doing them. Um, and they, they're just kind of what I have like fallen into really liking and, and having a groove with them. So. Yeah. Well, it's like on, I guess, Christian verses and you know, things that really nobody can say a whole lot about, but you have sort of stepped into the territory of talking about things that are, um, I guess you could say controversial, depending on like your doctrine and theology. And so, um, well, and then also just like COVID related stuff. So, so tell me, you know, how did you decide you wanted to step in that mud? Because you knew going into that, like talking about masks and vaccines and things like that, you knew that there was going to be some major pushback. So tell me about that decision and sort of how you deal with people that disagree with you kind of coming at you. Sure. So, well, to be honest, it is not mud that I wanted to step in. Um, <laughs> you know, God usually has a way of like pulling us to do things that are out of our, you know, that we're like not really want to do so well so here's the thing so in regards to like vaccines like I had start re I had researched that like five years ago when I first was born and so I had already like fallen down that hole of learning about that and that was something I was already really passionate about well you know when I was first learning about it I didn't realize that it was such a controversial topic until I did like a post on Facebook and I literally was thrown to the wolves and I just remember crying so much I was like you know telling my husband I was like oh, people are so mean and it was like it was like a burn and I was like okay I'm never talking about vaccines like on social media again and so, I mean, like several years, several years went by and we would, you know, like if people ask us, we would talk about it. We weren't shy about it, but it was something that I like shied away from because I had been burned. And I was like, man, I don't, 
you know, I don't want to talk about that because people are mean and they're hateful. And it just, it wasn't, it didn't seem worth it to me. And so, um, it was never really a topic I want to talk about, but I was super passionate about it. And so it would be something that would just like well up on the inside and I would just word vomit to my husband. But, and so I just, I didn't really have a, it, it just, it was something that was inside. So not talking about it felt like I wasn't sharing part of like who I was and what I was passionate about. You know, I'd always talked about being transparent, but it didn't feel like I was being transparent because I wasn't talking about an area that I was really passionate about. And so anyway, same with, you know, masks and COVID and all that kind of stuff um, is I took a break off social media that was one of the things that God was like, Hey, like you need to let go of the grit you need to let go of the control. So I took a break in November of 2020. It's actually really nice timing. Um, and so I took about four months off and that four months, God just really refreshed my soul. He, he taught me a lot. He grew me. He just spoke to me in new ways that I wasn't able to hear from him before when I was so distracted. And so very clearly, whenever I was praying about when to get back on, you know, it's been like four months and the Lord was very clear. And he said, when you get back on social media, it's not going to be for fluff. Like, it's not like you're going to talk about the hard things. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. <laughs> but, but all through 2020 and all through, um, you know, the beginning of 2021, just all this stuff has started to well up in me, like watching the state of the church, like how people had started living in fear and, you know, and fear and anxiety is something I talk about. So I don't I want people watching, you know, don't think that I'm like some confident, fearless warrior, but I'd struggle with fear and anxiety. But just watching the state of believers that I knew, believers around the world, like their social media, things that they were starting to talk about and like twisting the gospel to fit these certain things. And then with all this stuff with social justice and just everything that was just happening in the world just started welling up inside of me. And God was like, you're going to talk about this stuff. Like you're going to, you're going to speak into this stuff. And I just, I feel such a strong calling to specifically like, you know, the audience I feel called to speak to are those believers who twist the word of God for their own, you know, um, agenda or whatever. And, and it's easy for any of us to do. And so, you know, I'm always like, God, please help me not to do that. But that's what I, I feel a very strong call because, you know, over this past year, I've just seen so many led astray and deceived in so many different areas. And it's just been like a jaw drop of like, wow, because, you know, the church has not really been shaken like this in my generation, at least, mm -hmm. um, that I've no that I've noticed or paid attention to. And so now that the church has been shaken and squeezed like a sponge, we've seen what's come out of the church. And I have feel a super strong like passion and desire to like to speak into that. So it just happens to be talking about COVID and vaccines and it's not fun. Well, sometimes. you know, <laughs> it all ends up being interrelated somehow. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, one reason that I, I love what you're doing and there's a few other people that I, you know, follow where I'm like, wow, like that's courageous to get out there in front of it. Um, is because there is a fear of speaking out right now. Like there's a lot mm -hmm. of people that won't say anything about anything, like whether it be on social media or whatever, because they are so afraid of the backlash and it's become a culture of fear and it's become a culture of 
quote, we're not allowed to say certain things because certain things are just, quote, wrong by, yeah. by the standards of this contemporary culture. Mm-hmm. And so for a while, I was sort of in that boat. And, and I'm definitely not um, super outspoken, but I've become a little bit more courageous, I think, recently um, as I have watched some of the things that are happening um, in culture and just yeah. with society and the church, because I'm like, what is the point in being quiet? You know, there's mm-hmm. no point. I mean, we aren't of this world, so we're not going to agree with this culture. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of a big message that you have. And you push back a lot against um, progressive Christianity. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I really struggle with as well. When I see some of those things coming out of that movement, I'm going, whoa, 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 that isn't even Christianity anymore. And right. so um, I guess when you think of progressive Christianity, like how do you define it or how do you see it as leading people astray or or what is it that they are doing wrong in, in this case? Sure. Yeah. So the def- I looked at the definition of progressive um, just right before this. And progressive, the definition is moving forward or advancing. Um, and then another part of it is open to or favoring new ideas or policies. So basically the idea of changing with the times, right? Like you're developing as the times go, you're moving forward, progressing. Um, and so when you think about the word of God and how he describes himself, how, what his character is like, what Jesus lived like, It doesn't matter what times we live in. The truth is the truth. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that message has not changed. It does not change with culture. It does not change with what's going around. Ecclesiastes, I think it's Ecclesiastes, says there's nothing new under the sun. So for people to say like, oh, well, this, they didn't account for like this culture. There's nothing new under the sun. Homosexuality existed way back when. Um, child sacrifice existed way back then. I mean, all, all we see now, it looks different now, but nothing new is under the sun. And so, um, so with progressive Christianity is just this whole idea. And I think it's so dangerous to, um, like especially like young in the faith or those who are not as strong in the faith maybe haven't been followers as long or don't really know how to study the bible or discern what's true um it's so dangerous because one of the biggest things that we see that the progressive christianity community um embraces is just this idea of like homosexuality being totally okay and that is something that in god's word it explicitly says that is an abomination to God, that it is a sin, that that is not the way that God created um, the marriage. You see, when God created, he created man and woman. You see um, in Romans 1, when he talks about um, men had unnatural relations with men and, and women with women. And it just all throughout scripture, Old and New Testament, this pattern and this example of that being set up, it just, it's it's very clear that it's a sin. Um, however, with progressive Christianity, you see this, um, this, uh, it's more like love based and, um, acceptance based. So it's like, well, I just, I love you as you are like, you know, come as you are. Um, you're perfect the way that you were made. And while there is a small truth to that, because every lie has a small truth to it in that, they were created by a heavenly father and the Lord purposefully created them in his image, right? Like everyone is created in their image. However, 
when we are born, we are born sinners. We are born set apart from God. We are born, it's like how we are born is sinful and has to die with God coming in and rescuing us and making us alive. And so I think that that's one of the things of the progressive Christianity movement that is so dangerous because it just starts to blur the lines of sin. Um, and not just with homosexuality, but it blurs the line of even I've seen, you know, even like drunkenness or, or alcohol or, you know, all sorts of different sins. It just blurs the line and it paints this big love and grace brush over it. Um, as an excuse to sin. Um, and I don't think that they would say that outright, but that's what it is. And while grace is um, unending and the, the ocean of grace of the Lord, you know, is never ending. Um, it also says in scripture that we are not, not to use grace as an excuse to sin. And so we see this big, just, you know, we'll love your neighbor and love everybody and love them as they are. And I think people are just really comfortable. It's a comfortable gospel to believe. Um, and the, the true gospel is not comfortable. And so it's just a more, it's a more palatable gospel. It's a more comfortable gospel. It's a more um, uh, inoffensive gospel. You know, you don't really step on toes when you, when you are in the progressive Christianity movement. Um, and it's just, you know, denying parts of scripture or questioning parts of scripture and just not holding scripture as the inherent, the inner, the inerrant word of God. Um, and it's just dangerous. It's dangerous. I've just seen so many people fall into that and be deceived. And, you know, some might say, oh, well, it's not really that big of a deal. Cause it's not like that, you know, far off. But if you think like even just one degree off, for a long time, you're way over here. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's so important to every thought, every idea, every ideology is to take it captive, like it says in Corinthians, and make it obedient to Christ because one thought leads to another thought leads to a belief, an ideology, actions. I mean, it just spirals out of control. So that's why I feel so passionate about speaking of it is, you know, people are changing the gospel to make it more palatable. And it's just, that's just not the gospel. Yeah. It's like, you know, Paul says it's a different gospel. So it's not the gospel. Yes. And mm -hmm. um, the other thing I was going to say, there's a quote and I'll probably say it wrong, but it's something like, you know, they're, they're making the gospel in their own image, not in the image of God or like creating their own um, almost like, yeah. Like, yeah. Just like making it what you want to be. Well, it's not what you want it to be. It's what it right. is. Right. And um, you know, that's, maybe that's hard to stomach, but you're right. Like if you're super comfortable with the way it's working out in your life, then something's probably wrong because it's not supposed to be comfortable. I mean, we're supposed mm -hmm. to have peace, right, but like yeah. if you're not struggling, um, in, you know, in some way, at least to, you know, uh, through some kind of persecution, not persecution, like here in America, obviously like yeah. <laughs> people are always like, we're not persecuted in America. Yeah. We're not. But, you know, there's Clashing. always a struggle yeah. um, that we're working through. And if you don't feel like you're working through one, something's probably off mm -hmm. <laughs> on, on yeah. believing about what the Bible says. Um, mm -hmm. You had a quote. I'm going to just read it. You had this in one of your reels by Charles Spurgeon, who I love. And the quote was this. Um, Discernment is not knowing the difference between right and wrong. It is knowing the difference between right and almost right. And I think, you know, when you are maybe first a Christian, like you're just sort of getting into it. You're sort of just learning all the things. Mm -hmm. But when you get deeper into your faith, when you go beyond being a baby Christian, basically, like there's some stuff that you really need to be thinking a lot more deeply about. It's not just 
you know, right versus wrong. It's like, there's a lot of nuance within this world and within the things that we're thinking about and believing. So um, what are your thoughts on that quote? And, and how do you, how important do you think that discernment piece is? Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. I love, I love Spurgeon. He always has so many good things to say. Um, but yeah, so discernment, you know, I think it's important to realize the nature of the enemy that we're going up against. And he is a master imitator of God. And so he, what God does he will try to imitate. Um, obviously, he doesn't do it in holiness and goodness. He does it with deceit and um, is for the purpose of destruction. However, he tries to come close to what it looks like. So, like, you know, if you have a counterfeit dollar, you're not going to make it look like, you know, monopoly money. You're going to make it, you're going to try to make it look as close to the real thing as possible. Um, and in Second Corinthians eleven thirteen through fifteen, it says that Satan disguises himself as an angel of light, and this is like in a, in a passage is talking about like false teachers, false, false prophets. It talks about even Satan himself disguises himself as an angel of light, and his servants disguising themselves as servants of righteousness. And so even there, we see that like Satan doesn't come at us with these lies, and he's like, "I'm going to deceive you." You know, he comes and he's like. Like, look, this is like kind of true, you know, like, and even when he came to, to Eve in the garden, it did we, this is the very first experience we see with Satan is when he tells Eve that when you take a bite of this, you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And, um, there's a part of that that is true because her eyes would be open to see, to know good and evil, but there's a lot of that. That's a lie. And it causes her to, in it, uh, you know, pushes her to disobey and question what God actually said. And so when we know the, the character of our enemy, when we know that his intent is to deceive is to steal, kill and destroy. Like he literally hates us. Um, and we understand that he tries to, uh, clothe things in light so that they look appealing yet it's an app, a poisonous apple that you bite into and it kills you in the end. Um, when we understand that, then that's when we understand that, like, you know, these things that culture is sharing, they're going to sound kind of right sometimes. Like this whole social justice movement, that's something I've spoken out before. This whole social justice movement, justice is a word that's in the Bible and being just, walk justly um, is in scripture. But nowhere do you see social justice and the way that it's being carried out right now. And the way that it's being infiltrated and the way that it's being handled is not biblical. But it sounded all right up here last summer, right? Like, you know, it was an, uh, a, a murder that was awful and it was so sad and then it just when you start to dive deeper down in this ideology all the way you can just see how far off from scripture it really is but it really catches people up here at the surface because it looks to be right it sounds to be right and a lot of times these ideologies come in with similar biblical lingo like one that's really popular right now is love your neighbor by getting vaccinated or love your neighbor by wearing a mask or love your neighbor by staying at home and you think at first okay well yeah you know love your neighbor like i don't want to hurt anybody i don't want to 
But then when you dive down into it and you think Jesus was the most loving person on the face of the planet, yet he was touching lepers. He was dining with the uh, the outcast. He was in the middle of crowds. That brother didn't wear a mask. That brother did not social distance, which social distancing is not biblical. Um, I mean, he was all up in the middle of it. And we start to look and see about all this stuff that all these trickle down um like ideologies that come in, it's just the, the more that you dive down into it, the further off from the gospel it is. And I, I have seen people who take a bite of this apple and then they just go on this path. And then now you look up and they're like totally in this camp over here and you're not even like on the same page anymore. And so that's why discernment is so important. And I think we might not always realize it up at the top. And so I think it's important that we always ask God for discernment. But as time goes on and we start to, to, to watch, I think it's important to like step back and just watch things unfold sometimes um, and to really observe and ask the Lord for wisdom and discernment, there start to be like little red flags. And those are things that we need to pay attention to is because when we have the Holy Spirit, he gives us those little red flags, those little, you know, um, like those little moments of discernment. And those are things that we need to press into, not push down. This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At Bow, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, BOW offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. Um, and so discernment is just so important because as the, as the world is increasingly, increasingly um, trying to tell believers how to live, which I thought, when did believers start listening to non-believers on how to be a believer? Yeah. Like that is one of the things that I, and this is why I want to speak out against progressive Christianity so much is because since when did non-believers gain the authority in believers lives to tell us how to be a believer and follow Jesus when they don't know Jesus, but we've been saved by Jesus. Um, and yeah, so and I would just, I would just say to that, like, and we can't expect them to understand why we do and believe what we do because if you're not a christian you're not going to understand because you don't have the holy mm -hmm. spirit inside of you to reveal that to you um mm -hmm. and so yeah yeah what you're saying makes so much sense yes so it so it's just it's important for us to discern because even jesus says you know in the end days and we don't know where we are in history um it does feel a little bit like the, a taste of what you know, is described, uh, not even close to what it would be like. Um, but we know that, that Jesus mentions multiple times when his disciples ask, 
you know, what will be the sign of your coming will be a sign in the age. And he says, see to it that you are not deceived. Like that's the first thing that he answers to them is see to it that you are not deceived. And so to not be deceived, we have to have discernment because a lie is not going to come to us saying, hey, I'm a lie. Um, so that's why I think discernment is just really, really important. Yeah. And I would say one one thing that I think I see people going wrong, like people that are pursuing deconstruction or they are, you know, kind of looking into this progressive Christianity stuff, they feeling like, okay, I, I could do this. I could do this. Is that they're not actually looking for truth. And mm-hmm. if you're not looking for the truth, like you're going to find something else. Yeah. And I think, you know, deconstruction, I mean, it's all over the place. People define it in different ways. Uh, you don't necessarily know what someone means when they say that. But I think most of the stories that we hear are people that are just looking for something um, that fits them better. Um, but when you're looking for the truth and you're pursuing that with an authentic heart and you're doing that, you know, in prayer, like you're going to find, you will find the truth. Um, but I think so many people, that's not actually what they're going for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so. so true. Um, so for you, uh, in, in coming back to the pushback side of things, um, I know for me, I'm super sensitive. So when I put something out there and people like push back or somebody, you know, if I, I say something and someone's like, well, here are 10 facts from X, Y, Z, and here's why you're wrong. Like I immediately, I'm like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have done that. Like, oh, I look so stupid or like, oh, they're going to think that I'm like not loving. Like I do this whole mental thing. So how do you deal with it? Cause I'm sure you're getting messages that are probably not very nice. And, um, you know, that's, you kind of have to develop a thick skin for that. Yeah. So, yes. So in the beginning of, you know, venturing out into this kind of stuff, and this has been, this has been years of, of talking about biblical truth. Um, but it's just been recently that it's been talking about like, you know, what's going on right now. Um, and so over the years, there have been very hurtful comments, very, uh, negative feedback. Um, and, and it, de- it did, I mean, it, and I mean, I wish my husband was here to like testify, but <laughs> it would destroy me. Like it destroyed me. And there were times where I would just like delete social media because I was just like, I just don't even need to be in this space anymore. I mean, literally letting the enemy walk all over me and tell me I have nothing to offer. Um, I shouldn't be doing this anyway. Like, why are you here? That kind of thing, you know? And so because those comments are, they're so hateful and they're so hurtful. And it does, it makes you question like, well, am I doing the right thing? Am I saying the right thing? Um, And so, yeah, I mean, in the beginning, it was extremely difficult. I cried so many times. I threw in the towel so many times on, you know, just being in this space. I, um, there, yeah, I mean, it just took a lot. And, and I had to, to continually be reminded by the Lord. He's so, he's so good. He's so gracious. And he's so kind to meet us where we are. Um, and he used people in my life and my, you know, in my community to remind me, um, what I need to be reminded of to, to be reminded of the truth, to be reminded, um, and, and to call me out, you know, if there were, if there were ways that I said something that wasn't kind, or if there was something, you know, to call me out for it. And I'm so thankful for that because, you know, we can be so blind to ourselves sometimes. Um, so 
in the beginning, it was extremely hard. And I'm not going to say it's not hard now. It's definitely still hard. <laughs> um, but those four months, so I got into a really dark place in the fall of 2020, just a, just depressed, just a hard spot. And so part of that was just releasing social media. And over those four months, like God just really worked in my heart. And I really believe that was, you know, the wilderness, so to speak, because, you know, like John the Baptist prepared, he grew up in the wilderness preparing for his ministry and Jesus grew up preparing for his ministry. And that was a, I believe that was a preparation period um, because God was clear that I was of my mission. Whenever I got back on social media, I, I believe that in his grace and in his strength, he started to strengthen me when I didn't even realize it. Um, and remind me like the world is going to hate you. Like there will be people that hate you. And that was a hard thing for me to, to, to grasp onto because I like to be liked by people, which who doesn't <laughs> like who wants to be hated? Um, I'm a people pleaser. I'm an enthusiast and optimist. Like I love to have a good time. Um, and it, and, and I don't like when someone doesn't like me, it just, it really bothers me. And so, um, God over those four months just really and now it's been a process still it didn't just take four months but he really I think started to prepare me um for what I was about to take on I think um and so uh so now you know it's I do have a lot tougher skin and that's not because of anything that I've done it's because of the Lord the Lord has sustained me and given me strength mm-hmm. um and a lot of the comments I just let roll off my back you know I'm just that they not a lot of it is they don't know me. They don't know who I am. They don't run in my circles. And I let, I just, I, since I have a great community of people here, I rely on them to call me out, to um, encourage me, to challenge me. Um, that doesn't mean that I ignore people on social media because there are messages that I've received before, either from people I know or people that I don't know that were not hateful messages. That was something that needed to be called out, needed to be said. Um, and so... Anyway, so I, I think a lot. I think a lot of it is just letting it roll off my back and realizing, you know, people are people are just get, not going to like it. You could say the sky is blue and people would be angry about it. They would. <laughs> it's just that's just the reality of the world that we live in. And I think understanding that too, and also understanding that a lot of times it's really not personal. It's really not personal against me, um, which is hard to separate sometimes too. I mean, it could be me. Somebody could actually hate my guts. I don't know if they probably do, but, but a lot of times it's inner baggage or it's something is said that triggers an insecurity, a past wound. Um, and because I've, I've gotten that same way too. Someone has said something that I did not like, but it wasn't because I didn't like them. It was because I didn't like that. They targeted something that I wasn't good at or, you know, whatever. So, mm-hmm. So one of the the things that has helped is I have restricted my DM messages to only Mm -hmm. people that um, like I follow or like we've had a conversation thread before. So that has cut down on negative message, negative messages by far by like trolls and, you know, people who just come on my page to be rude. So that has helped a lot. Um, Also, I've um, limited commenting for just people who follow me. Um, So, you know, people aren't just coming on. Oh, that's good. It's nice that they have that. Yeah. So those are two ways. Like, those are two 
uh, practical ways uh, that I have tried to cut out that kind of stuff. Um, but other than that, it's really just been understanding like the world hates truth and the world does not know truth, the truth that we have. And, and we are no better. We also didn't know truth. Ephesians 2 says we were dead but God being rich in mercy. I mean, he made us alive together with in Christ. And so we were also in their place. And I think that gives us room for us to be so thankful for what God has done in our lives um, and give us a, a mission to tell non-believers like, hey, you can have this too. Um, but so, yeah, I would say how I deal with it now is, and sometimes it gets me down. Like I, today, honestly, today was one of the days I was just feeling weighty. It was like, why am I here? You know, not on this earth, but like, why am I here in this space? <laughs> like, you know, is this matter? Like, is this worth it? Um, and it just, it feels weighty sometimes, you know, wondering, am I doing the right thing? Is this, um, but, you know, it's it's not comfortable. It's not always fun. Um, but I will answer to God one day. And that's where I find comfort, too, is I just I pray that I'm obedient to him. And if I'm unpopular here, then so be it, which I, my flesh doesn't like that at all. But um, anyway, so, yeah, I think well, I rambled. But no, I was just going to ask you, you know, when it comes to the messages that you put out there. Because I know for me, sometimes when I'm putting stuff out there and I've gotten, I ventured a little bit more into the being bold space in terms of, you know, theological issues. Um, how do you decide, you know, is this right? You know, is this the right thing to say? Like, do you ever have question like, am I sure I'm getting this right? Or what is sort of your process for making those decisions? Yeah. So there have definitely been posts that I've made that were insensitively timed. Um, and that, those are the things that, you know, I got several messages that were like, Hey, I don't think this was the right time to post it. And I was like, and I had to make apologies for it and, and take it down. And so, um, so I, I think it's, just, I think it's so important for us to just ask God for wisdom. Um, and I, I mean, honestly, like I am, we're all in the same boat of, of seeking, of trying to seek the Lord and his truth. Well, I say all believers, but, um, and seek the Lord for his truth. And so I just honestly heavily relying on his wisdom and his, you know, timing. And I really believe that his spirit will say, mm, not right now, because there are sometimes it's better to be silent on. Um, and like, you know, all the stuff with Simone Biles that, you know, everybody was making posts and writing articles and all this kind of stuff. And that was just an issue that I was just like, I'm just, I mean, that's not, that's not anything I need to talk about. You know, like there's just, and I felt like it was a Holy Spirit saying that's nothing that needs to be addressed. That's just let it go. And it, there have been several other things as well. You know, I think understanding as believers is we don't have to talk about everything right then. It's actually unwise to talk about everything right at that very moment, because a lot of times we're not able to process, pray about, ask for wisdom, you know. And so I think just a lot of times it helps to slow down to ask the Lord for wisdom, to dwell on it, um, to process it offline. And then once you feel a peace about 
about the message. You've, you know, talked to, talked with it with your community of godly Bible believing people, um, and then sharing it online. And that's one thing that has helped. Um, I'm not always great at it because my mouth moves faster than my brain sometimes (laughs) and it gets me in trouble. Um, but I think, I think a really big thing is spending time with the Lord and praying and asking him for wisdom offline, processing offline, and then bringing it online. Okay, let me ask you this, like, because sometimes I see you post, or I've at least once seen you post, like, two reels in a day. How far in advance do you do this? Or is it just, like, spur of the moment and, and you just kind of go with it? <laughs> it kind of is. So I have, like, no, I'm I'm very type B, so I'm not organized. I wish I was. My husband is, like, his face is by organization in the dictionary. Like, he just is so organized, and I'm not at all. And so I'm a terrible planner, a header. And, um, but I'd have a note like on my phone and if I'm driving or doing dishes or something, like I'll just, you know, make a note of it. Oh, people are coming to mow right now. They always come to mow at the worst time. Um, anyway, so I hope it's not, I hope it's not too loud. They always mow during nap time. Um, anyway, so, uh, what are we talking about? Uh, your, how you plan reels. I'm how I plan. Oh yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I'll have like an ongoing list in my phone of like just ideas. Um, and a lot of times I don't get to them and sometimes I will. Um, a lot of times they're just kind of spur of the moment. Um, or like if, if it's something I feel like Holy Spirit is speaking. Um, I say spur of the moment. There are things that I have been dwelling on. Right. Um, but like that moment or like that day. either It I all has some, to kind of come together. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. The song so, or like the, the audio and... The idea and how to present it. Yes. And there are some ideas I feel like the Lord just drops in my lap and he's like, here you go. You know, because he's he's the ultimate creator. He's he is the author of all creativity. So, you know, when we're praying and asking for creativity, like he's the ultimate source. So I just I feel like there are ideas and messages that God has just dropped in my lap just like on a whim. And so, um, yeah, I just as they they come together, um, and so, yeah, there are things that I've been dwelling on for a while and it just is usually like the right time to post it or I have some time or, you know, whatever. I, I have a general idea sometimes, um, you know, I'll think about it maybe the day before like, oh, tomorrow I could, you know, do this one or the next day I could do this one. Um, but I, I'm really, I'm not your go-to girl for social media strategy. Well, I guess not. I'm also wondering because you do such a good job with the, uh, aesthetic portion where it's like the up close and the different shots, you know, you have the qualities that draw people in to reels, like in terms of movement and stuff. So is that just like, you're just like, well, this might be good or you've seen it on other things and you just want to try it out. Yes and no. A lot of it is just, um, I don't know. So yeah, if I've seen it somewhere, then, you know, I'll maybe try that. Um, a lot of times I just think like, how can I incorporate personality into it? Um, or a lot of times it is just incorporating personality to into it. Um, and so, cause I want to be as real in the, in the reels as possible. <laughs> um, so a lot of times it's just literally being stupid or, you know, just like real life scenarios that I just exaggerate in reels or, um, so yeah, there are some ideas that I see, but I'm, I'm also, so I can't take, you know, like super creative credit for all of them. There are a few that I've seen somebody else do. I thought, Oh, that'd be a cool idea. 
but I also have this thing in me that's like real trends. I can't jump on them because I don't like, like I want to be an individualist, right? Like I don't want to do what everyone else is doing. So you're creative. Yes. There's that part of it too, where I'm like, okay, I know that this, this audio is trending right now and this is what people are doing with it. How can I do it differently than that? And so anyway, yeah, no, no. I, I mean, that is sort of the key to it in some ways is doing what's trending, but, but making it your own. When I see people doing the same, doing the audio and then like doing the exact same thing, I'm like, well, that's dumb. Why would you do that? Like somebody else did. And then you see it like over and over. And I'm like, that's so boring. Like add some flair. Um, Okay. So two last questions. Um, The first one being, who are some people that you like to follow and listen to as Christian leaders? So uh, as I was writing the list earlier, this list has dwindled. I mean, if you would have asked me like two years ago, it would have been twice as long, but when you squeeze a sponge, you see what comes out. And so there are a lot of these people that I have had to knock off my list. I mean, and it's been like disappointing because, you know, and not that they're bad people or whatever. It's just, you just start to realize, um, you just start to realize. And so, um, so there's only a few that I have that I'm like, I would recommend these to anybody on any Mm -hmm. given day. Um, number one is Vody Bauckham, hands down, always and forever love Vody Bauckham not yeah. that he will not he's, ever sin but he's awesome he is so good he is so great and we just everything he says I'm like yes yes you know I have his book in my room I haven't read it yet though yeah the fault lines book yeah yeah um I just downloaded it as an audiobook the other day so I need to start listening to it but um so Vody Bauckham for sure um he, they just, I love just what he said. He's so, he's not scared. He's just not scared to speak the truth. Uh, he is not scared to, to stare down in the face of the culture and just speak truth. So Vody Bauckham is my favorite by far. Um, Allie Beth Stuckey is another one that I really like. She's, um, she has a podcast called Relatable and it's really good. She talks a lot about current events, politics, progressive Christianity, new age. I mean, she talks about pretty much anything and everything that's going on in culture in regards of like, um, or through a biblical lens. So yeah. I really like her. I like the way that she I'm, approaches. I'm a big Ali Beth fan. She's <laughs> awesome. Well. I, yes. I, I love the way that she approaches topics. Um, I love the way that she presents them. Um, and so her, and then a new one that I have recently stumbled upon is now I don't know how to pre- pronounce his last name. I think it's Owen Strahan. It's S-T-R-A-C-H-A-N. So um, he actually um, is a professor, just recently is a professor at the the Theological Seminary in our town. So he just moved here. But um, he has a new book called, um, I think it's called Christianity and Wokeness. Um, But he is everything he posts. I'm like, Yes, yes. He's also speaking out against all that's going on, um, social justice movement, um, uh, mask, vaccine, I mean, all this stuff, like, you know, mandates, all that kind of stuff. He is another good one that I have really enjoyed um, following, like, on Instagram and, like, you know, listening to his. And I, I want to order his book. So, so yeah. Um, also, another one is Paul David Tripp. So, okay, he's good. 
his parenting book okay. is great. Heard of him. I haven't um, seen a lot of his stuff, but I hear good things. So his, um, his parenting book, it's called Parenting. Like it's just called Parenting. And then it, the subtitle is 14 Gospel Principles That'll Change Your Family or something something along those lines. So I'm reading it right now. and It's very good. So he's okay. he's another good one. Okay, cool. All right. So last, I guess that the last question you kind of answered it just now, but I always like to hear um, books that you can recommend or podcasts, which you did sort of just do that. But if you have any other ones, um, I would love to hear what they are. Yes. So, um, so parenting, I'm reading parenting by Paul David Tripp, which I guess it only applies to parents. Um, I also just, um, I finished Ali Bestucky's book, um, like a year and a half ago or a year ago, maybe uh, the year, not enough. And that's okay. And that was a really, really good book. Um, I need to look at my audiobooks because I have listened to a lot of them. Um, uh, the fault lines book by Vody Bauckham is one that I'm about to read. Um, a book called live not by lies. And I cannot yes. remember the author of it's that. It's so good. It's Rod Dreher. Okay. Okay. It's so, so good. Live not by lies. Um, and so, and so those are, those are a few books and then podcasts, I would say relatable, but Ali Beth Stuckey. Um, and then also, um, uh, Alisa Childers, it's A-L-I-S-A Childers. Um, she has a podcast too. And I've just now started listening to hers um, recently. And then uh, my dad actually has a podcast that he just started um, maybe the end of last year. And it's called Crossroads and Culture. And uh, my dad has been in ministry for like a long time. And he just, he hits the nail on the head and it's great. And uh, so his podcast too. So I listen, I listen to his too as well. Oh, that's so fun that your dad has a podcast. I love Yeah, that. it is fun. Yeah. Um, oh, someone says Elisa Childers is amazing. I agree. I have actually tried to get her on my podcast and have not uh, succeeded thus far, <laughs> but we'll see what happens. Um, hopefully she can come on. I always, always talk up the book Mama Bear Apologetics as well. I don't know if you've read that. I have it. It's on my shelf. I haven't read it yet, but yeah. I just And they have it. another one like coming out soon as well. So that's awesome. Um, really good stuff. Okay. Well, Kristen, it was awesome to talk to you. Like, so cool to talk to one of these people that I just like see all the time and like really actually get to know you a little bit. Thank you for your time and just for your message and everything you're doing. Um, I just encourage everyone, if you're not already following Kristen, which you probably are, if you're watching this, give her a follow. Um, and um, yeah, just keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much for having me on. I love doing this kind of stuff. So this was a lot yeah. of fun. Very soul filling today. Yes, absolutely. We'll stay strong and I will talk to you later. All right. Bye. This episode was brought to you in part by Wheaton College's MA in Humanitarian and Disaster Leadership, which prepares Christian professionals to serve others faithfully and excellently. Called to help people facing disasters, human trafficking, poverty, or displacement as refugees? Visit wheaton.edu slash hdl.